Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. We consider the research and talk to experts who share their takes and our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. But on this very special season-ending episode of The Breadwinners, I am joined by Brett Sunshine, a working dad of two and designer of many, many things, including the logo for The Breadwinners and all of our merch. Check out the link in our episode description. But most importantly, Brett is spouse and partner in all the work and love that goes into our own breadwinning working family, all of which is to say, welcome, Brett. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I know I was a tough get for the podcast, but uh, here I am and I'm happy to talk about myself. I mean, we've been trying for like 130 (laughs) episodes to get you. What were you waiting for? I don't know. I was listening to all those episodes thinking, I should be the one on the podcast. (laughs) And today I am. (laughs) So you are a longtime listener, first time guest. And um, actually one of the few men we've ever had on The Breadwinners, which is not by design, by the way. But how does it feel to be representing all the working dads out there? Well, it's a hefty responsibility, but I'll do what I can. I certainly, all these years of parenting have taught me that everyone's parenting experience is different. It's often vastly different, but I'll uh, represent the dads as best I can. Well, you know, you're actually like the ghost member of the breadwinners because we're always referring to you whenever we have to have a working dad reference. So, I know, yeah. I know. I'm kind of like, uh, whatever is like a straw man in a good way. <laughs> I don't know. What would that be? It would be a Brett man. That's what we're going to call it. I like it. it. I like it. Okay. Let's put it in Urban Dictionary. I, I'm writing it right now. Let's hit pause. No. So as a longtime listener, first time guest, you know that we often start with a stat. And the stat that we were going to pick for this episode is the New America Foundation has one of its parts is the Better Life Lab. And they did a survey that they said that 80% of men and 91% of everyone they surveyed, so men and women, say everyone should share work easily. But only 46% of respondents say that's what happens in real life. And my note to myself and to you was that these surveys always say that. Like, This is always a go-to position where everyone says it, no one does it. So I was wondering, when you see those numbers, as someone I know who works very hard in this family, I don't know, what do they trigger in you? I mean, the thing is, is it's so hard to quantify the work is, I mean, for one person, I do almost all the laundry in the family. And I don't mind that. I like doing the laundry. Who's doing laundry? Who else is doing laundry in this family? I've seen you fold towels. Oh, uh, oh, that counts? Oh, yes. yes. I help with the laundry, people. I help with the laundry. But it's something that someone would just hate doing. Another person would like doing. I think the important thing is to gravitate towards the task that you're good at and that you like doing. I mean, there's always going to be days when someone does more than another partner I just think it's really hard to judge and it goes back and forth. It's really important just to sort of roll with it, to be like, to to be there when the other person needs help, to be there when someone is overwhelmed by things and also to ask for help because these little, you know, petty things will build up in in people's minds over the years that they're not, if they don't, yes, it is true, is that, you know, you need to be able to say when you're frustrated and verbalize that you need help with something or that you feel that you're getting, you know, that you're doing 
too much of something. Well, honest to goodness, you know, the thing when we had little ones, truly like, you know, just had baby number one, and then eventually had toddler number one and baby number two, is that you think that's the most amount of work that's going to hit you. You don't sleep a lot and everything is dependent on them. And man, having almost college baby number one and a high school baby number two, it hasn't gotten any easier. No, there's still lots of work. There's still... (laughs) Lots of things going around. You know, there are advantages. Yes. You know, we could talk about... They can feed themselves. They, can, they yep. can feed themselves. They often don't, but they can. <laughs> um, that was a sick burn. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I think really one of the big factors is when you can just leave, when you can just go outside and they're fine in the house. And yeah. I mean, I think it's almost shocking when you have a toddler or someone who's in early elementary school, all the years blur to me at this point. Yes. When you can just be like, you know, we're going to go out to uh, get some dinner or just going to go out and get, you know, I'm going to get some milk at the corner store and you can just go outside and know that. Oh, and leave a note for them. We went out to the hardware store yesterday and got coffee. I know this is truly a romantic insight (laughs) into our lives, but we just left a note to the sleeping teens that said, this is where we've gone. We'll be back. And I don't think one of them hadn't woken up by the time we got back, but you know. I think one was still sleeping and one woke up, got his glasses and then started playing video games and uh, no one read our note. Yeah. And I, they didn't even care. He's just good. It's quiet here and I can go back to playing my games. So yeah. But I really think that's a milestone that people don't talk about or appreciate when you can just say that you're going outside and leave your kids alone for a yeah. small period of time. Right. And be confident. And that they could feed themselves, especially that one, if he really was driven to it, to uh, find something that he could eat of the 12 foods that he eats. I mean, he Googled how to cook eggs in the microwave. I give him a lot of credit. Yeah. (laughs) When driven, he will figure it out. He really is our figure-outer of the two babies. Yes. He's very impressive that way. So I would say that you do do half. Thank you. I would, because like, especially right now, you are dealing with essentially all the paperwork that is going into the business of our family. And it sucks. All the platforms, all the following up. It's like a hidden, humongous mental load. You know, I always talk about the mental load. Yeah. Because it's a lot of admin work, you know, that it's just so freaking necessary. Oh, sure. I mean, it's it's a paperwork. It's, you know, it's keeping track of the paperwork. It's knowing when to follow up. It's knowing when, oh, they didn't get, the university didn't get that financial aid note. So now I have to send them a letter. But also, you know, it really goes to um, people doing what they do best. when my, <laughs> That's right. And what they want to do. When my mother passed away last year, there was so much to do. And talking to my brother, I dealt with the paperwork and the lawyers and that sort of yep. thing. And my brother made the phone calls. And I think I would have done anything to get out of making phone calls. And my brother would have done anything to get out of dealing with paperwork and banks and lawyers. And that worked out. So, I mean, part of it is just going to people's skill sets with what they're good at and what they want to do. I think jobs should be like that too. Working jobs. I mean, you know, being a parent is, is a job too. I mean, so often you get turned towards things that you're not good at, at at work or in life in general. Well, this was leading me into that, like the survey went further and they said that men who do take on a significant portion of caretaking 
have something in common. They've done it before. Indeed, these men have been high-intensity caregivers responsible for an adult or a child with medical or behavioral issues. And Bridget Chilty, who has been on the show, and, and she's so smart, she just spends all her just brain like looking at these issues. She says, whether they choose to or have to be a caregiver, that's what changes them. And this transformative experience in their lives. So as a society, how do we get men from the abstract notion that care is valuable and how they can actually do it? And so it made me think like, do you think that you had caregiving in the past? Because I don't know that you fit that mold. No, I really don't. I mean, everyone has incidents of caregiving. Yes. Um, of having to do things. But I really think a lot of this was a new experience as a parent. You know, a lot of it was, you know, I didn't, I don't have a sister. I don't, you know, but having a daughter, that was, that was an entirely new experience. But I, yeah, I don't think it comes from a caregiving, a caregiving past. And I mean, to be honest, I don't think I did the best job of caregiving pre-marriage and pre and pre-family. So I think, yeah, I think it's all kind of, um, it's all kind of learned on the job. A lot of times, you know, you just do better at jobs that you're thrust into that you just kind of have to do it. I mean, I mean, isn't so much of parenting is you just have to do it. I always give people going to have a baby two pieces of advice. I say, take all the free stuff because <laughs> it's very expensive to have kids and you never know when you're going to need things. Take all the Got free it. stuff and you are going to use so much more of your brain as a parent than doing anything else that you will do in your life. I mean, hopefully that you will figure it out. I mean, it's not like, you know, oh my God, what, how, what, how should I figure out this 401k? Well, if you have to figure, you know, you're going to be figuring out how to be a parent. You're just going to use so much more of your mental capacity and you are going yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. And also just keep doing what you think is right until you decide it's not right anymore. That's that's what my thing, you know? That's good advice. <laughs> Don't do things because someone tells you that's how children are raised. I right. mean, you, you can listen to them, but like every family is so different. And I feel like we live among people who are very similar to us in our neighborhood. And I still feel all our families are so different. For sure. And I think part of the thrusting of you into caregiving, you know, truth be told, you did take care of my cats for one night before we moved in together. So, you know, you had a little bit of, come on. Oh, that was a crazy night. Uh, That's for definitely, maybe when we do another podcast, I can tell the story of that night. Of the cat, the cat care one night. But we were both working full time. So there was no other choice. You had to be thrust in there. There was no way that like I could work full time and be a hundred percent the parent. You know, that was one of the things that I took out of the working mother best companies application was primary parent, secondary parent. You still see this terminology in policies regarding paid leave and the like. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think that is just, yeah, I think that's just crazy. I mean, even if one parent is doing a lot more work, the other person is for for whatever reason, that other person is not a secondary parent. They're still getting involved and they're still... Yeah. I don't agree with that. And actually that leads very nicely, almost, it's like I'm a professional here, um, <laughs> into uh, talking about life at work as a working father, because we often talk, Raquel and myself and the people we talk about, you know, working moms have certain biases. There's constantly yeah. this this idea that, oh, she's had a baby, so she's not as committed to her career. That's a classic one, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they won't even say it out loud. They just won't offer 
assignments or they won't ask you if you're interested in taking a, a foreign posting with your family or anything like that. But working dads have their own wonderful set of biases because you guys are the breadwinners. Yeah. I mean, I felt there was just so much bias against being a working dad. I mean, being a working dad for so long was defined by the pickup that there were two days every week that I had to leave it at five on the dot to pick at least one of our children up. Yeah. Pickup time. And it was just, you know, a lot of times it was considered that I was doing something that I was getting away with something Yeah, that um, I certainly feel that it slowed my career down. You know, I think I would have had more opportunities to move up if I had not been doing this pickup for years. So yeah, it totally defined me. A lot of times I was working at advertising agencies where I couldn't say, come in at eight o'clock and leave at five and work a full day, or I couldn't manipulate my schedule. So yeah, I mean, I can't think of a single other working dad that I met in all those years who was doing the same thing I did in all who those had to companies. Actually, like hands on, do pick up or had to leave early for a doctor's appointment, you know, take the kids to the pediatrician, or they all had an unpaid worker at home in their yeah, partner. I really don't know anyone else who did the thing where there were like, you know, one person had took half the pickups, the other person took the other half the pickups. So they were either older or the other spouse was doing all the work or there was a nanny. There must be people who did what I did for all those years, but I have never met them in all the places that I've worked. Now, I will say, in fairness, I was always able to get away with doing those two days. I mean, you know, I worked at multiple companies. Uh, I had a long period of working freelance where I was able to do that, I would say, over 90% of the time, you know, occasionally, you know, as occasionally over years and years, there are days when I was like, I can't do it on Tuesday. You do it on Tuesday and I'll do Wednesday or something. I know on Tuesday and Thursday, I just burned into my brain that those are my pickup days. I had Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And when I got to working mother, I eventually, and this is way early, way before National Flex Day, you know, like talked to my uh, my boss, Carol Evans, about working from home on Fridays. And mostly so that one of my pickup days wasn't so stressful, you know, other oh, than sure, like sure. a quiet day to be home. Yeah. There, is there anything more stressful than being on the platform switching trains and knowing you're not going to make it? To the daycare center. That was so awful. Well, that, no, I would say the most stressful is the clock is ticking down to five o'clock, and there are these things that you have to do or push off to somebody else before you leave at five o'clock, or someone just walks by your desk at 458 and starts slow talking some project. (laughs) And it was just so stressful. And I mean, I do not miss it at all. That was, it was, those were really rough days. And it was only, I would say towards the end when I worked at a large company in the fashion business, where I was able to have the option to come in at eight o'clock on my five o'clock days. That you could actually have a flexible schedule in the sense of just shifting your hours. Yeah. I worked at a fair number of places where they just wouldn't be any work if I got in at eight because it was just a culture of working late, late of coming in late and working late. I mean, I remember one day coming in uh, to an ad agency and it was about, I think it was about a quarter to 10. And someone says, I hate to do this to you, but you're the only one here and I need you to work on this project. And I was like, (laughs) I seriously can't believe it's 945 and I'm the only person here. (laughs) 
Uh, oh, those were. Do you remember when you were single and could do that? That'd be that. Those were awesome. Oh, my first, <laughs> my first job was eleven to seven. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I well, you know, I often tell a story that I used to work with people at the News Herald, where the wife was a is a teacher, and the husband went from reporting to a copy editing role, so they could have like a split shift. Yeah. You know, so he worked nights for the next day's morning paper. And, and they did that, you know, they did that strategically so that they could deal with childcare. And I was young and single at the time. And I was just like, wow, that seems kind of, and now I, I always think of them and their children are now out of college now. And like, uh, I'm still friends with them. And I have told them both that I think that was one of the smartest things I've ever seen. That was so oh, smart. Oh yeah. I mean, if you can do it, do it. Yeah. Well, now you've actually had the occasion of, which is the, you know, the apocryphal story, but it's actually happened here where someone's like, don't you have someone else to do it? Men, you know, their job is to support the family. Didn't you, you had that, yes, right? Yes. I was working at, at an, at an ad agency, which has since gone out of business and they, yeah. Because they, of this. Because of me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I was called into the conference room and being like, you know, I need you to give 110%. I mean, they literally mm, said sure. that. And, you know, they talked about how, you know, they had their wife doing, you know, when they had kids and they had their wife covering them when they were younger and they had younger children. Yeah. I mean, that was, I, yeah. I left that place shortly afterwards. I mean, I remember once we were both, you visited me in the office and we were going to go home. And this person there was like, oh my God, who's taking care of your daughter? What's going on? And I was like, well, there's a thing called daycare. Yeah. And we yeah. got to go. <laughs> Yeah, that was just a, uh, that was a horrible environment. But yeah, it was almost, yeah, they just kept, they just had no conception. And, you know, as if, you know, they were paying me enough. I mean, you know, full disclosure, you've made more than me throughout this marriage. So I would, you know, if anyone should quit, it should be me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, though, but we could never live off my salary. Yeah. And never will be, I think, is what we've learned going on 18 years of kids. But especially during the years of permalancing that we we had to protect that you could pay, you got paid. Well, that was another thing is I had to endure years of permalancing. I mean, I worked at at a company for over six years as an hourly worker and I made good money. But if I left it too, to see my daughter's play or to take her to the doctor or for me to go to the doctor, I did not get paid. If I was sick, I did not get paid. So it was, you know, it was all about butt in seat time. And that was something that we had to deal with for six years. Yep. And we did. Yeah. We got it. Luckily, I was working at a place where I could set the hours. Honestly, role modeled, it was stressful, but it also role modeled the fact that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it fairly transparently when it was a lot. If there were like three publishing parties, performances, and a doctor's appointment, poor planning on my part, then I might fib about like the third one and say <laughs> I had an out of office meeting. But yeah, but it worked out. I know at that point it does get a little, uh, I know there are certain times of years when it does get um, pretty insane. Yeah, but which uh, that, that yeah. does fade a bit. You know, like there, it's the minute, that, you know, middle school happens and it's like, no more publishing parties. It's like, oh. Well, I was, I, I mean, that. and it is also, I mean, it's nice. I mean, I've been to all these awful workplaces and I made some comment that I was going to take off the afternoon to take one of our kids to get vaccinated if that was okay. And the person was like, 
of course, who would I be to not tell you to yeah. take your child to get vaccinated? Like, who do you think I am? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot. It's been, it's been a while since I had a supportive workplace. And I oh, yeah, to- you're a human being. Duly noted. And so now, uh, so we both work full time now. And so it, like it just the whole breadwinning shifts and the like. But I am very happy working from home. You, I think, are ready to go back into the office. I hate working from home. <laughs> I will be honest. I find it, it's distracting because, uh, you know, you're on the phone a lot. I hear you on the phone. We have children. I'm just faking it. They're faking I'm it. I'm just faking it the whole time. Those are good. <laughs> I'm just pretending. I'm doing my own little dramas in the bedroom. What was that book, B Season, where someone is like, the wife is faking having a job for years? Yeah, that's me. Or or, (laughs) there actually are a surprising number of books about women faking having a job. That being said, yeah, uh, I don't know. (laughs) For some reason, we have a daughter who has to walk by me six times when she's making tea. Um, (laughs) And I hate having all the work stuff on my computer, which should have the fun stuff. You know, I hate seeing work yep. stuff, you know, when I'm yep. just going to doing something fun. And I hate seeing fun stuff that I'd rather be doing when I'm busy, busy at work. I like commuting. I, when I had difficult, you know, I like the, I, yep. I lost weight from taking a nice walk to the subway and listening to music and yep. podcasts. I like my little reading time. I like having my world separate. So I feel that they have completely fused since I started working from home, March 2020. And I would really like a lot more separation. I don't, you know, I'm okay taking public transportation in. I like being in the office because I like the two parts of my life. Um, yep. I mean, one of my challenges now is that I've just been so busy at work because of what's going on. I'm just because it's been a busy season is I would like to get into the office and set it up to be ready, but I, I just can't afford cause to, to, to spend it like at least half a day just getting my computer back up to work and backing up work. And, but I am ready to get back into the office. I feel I'm more productive. I'm happier. Cannot wait. That's the thing about when we talk about flexible work it has to be flexible. That's, yes. that's your f- form of flexibility and that you could, maybe you'll decide that you operate better if you go in early come or go in late come. Who knows? But you know, your flexibility is, I'd like to do it in the office. That works much better for me. And so great. Oh yeah. I mean, back, you know, in the office days, it was a very flexible workplace. There are eight o'clock people. My boss usually came in at 11 and worked late and she was very happy with that. And, you know, and I think we've all learned, we at least have the ability to work from home Yeah. when it happens. You know, it's not a world where like, oh, they're coming to fix the dishwasher. So I have to stay yeah. home all day. I mean, we can't use that as an excuse anymore to take a day off because of it. But, you know, it's the flexibility of being, you know, I'm just going to stay home. Right, right. Yeah, I know. That's going to be the legacy of like, okay, no, for sure. Just work from home that day. Yeah. You know, like, oh. <laughs> well, the kids don't have snow days anymore. And now we're going to lose those. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they were coming to uh, look at a pipe in the basement and it was my turn. And That's yeah, fine. So- so we'll just, you know, you'll just work from home on Thursday. Oh, yeah. so yeah. Well, you know, there are the pros and cons of everything, but yes. So, well, all right. Well, is there anything that we didn't hit on that you want to say to the working fathers or the working mothers who are listening for the working fathers? I would just say to, you know, hang tough and know that <laughs> uh, everyone's story is different and it gets better. Uh, it does get better. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us on The Breadwinners. As you have guessed, our guest today was Brett Sunshine, 
our point person for all things working fatherhood. You will find links to what we discussed in the episode description. Email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. We are going to be taking the summer off and reposting some of our favorite episodes from the past archives. Please remember to subscribe so you can listen to them and to rate and review. It really helps us grow. And until next week or at the end of the summer, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.